Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy Thursday, May the 11th, the year 2023. Hope you're doing great. Just don't put weights in fish because if you do and you get caught, you're going to get prison time and you're going to have to forfeit your $130,000 boat. Is Anthony Davis going to play in a game six in the NBA playoffs? That recruiting news and all kinds of stuff coming your way. But first, my main man, James Mesh, back in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, all over the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, um, quite a story for some LSU athletes. 11 members of the LSU football team will have an experience next week that, man, wow. They take part in an eight-day study abroad program in Dakar, Senegal. The 11 include running back Noah Kane, receiver Chris Hilton, offensive tackle Emery Jones, receiver Malik Neighbors, linebacker West Weeks, running back Josh Williams, defensive tackle Meki Wingo, offensive lineman Bo Bordelon, receiver Javen Nicholas, defensive lineman Fitzgerald West, and long snapper Slade Roy. Actually putting the term student athlete back into the fray. Yes, indeed. So very, very nice. Um, very disappointing day yesterday for the 11th-ranked LSU softball team who got the pitching it needed but didn't get defense, didn't get hitting, and they suffered a 5-3 to three loss to number 11 seed Ole Miss in 10 innings at the SEC tournament. So one and done yet again, the third one and done for LSU softball in the SEC tournament in the past five years. When you commit four errors and manage only six hits, none coming in the final five innings, you're going to be in trouble. So a disappointing effort by a team that was on a roll going into the tournament. Um, and now we'll see um, what their chances are for hosting an NCAA tournament regional bid. Going into the tournament, they had the best RPI in the conference at number six, but having a sixth-place finish puts them on the bubble for a regional bid. These regional locations will be announced this Sunday, Mother's Day, 
May 14th at 6 p.m. NBA playoffs last night. Well, the Knicks and the Warriors both stayed alive. Both teams trailing their opponents three games to one. The Knicks uh, back at home in Madison Square Garden get a 112-103 win over the Miami Heat. Jalen Brunson uh, was spectacular as he played all 48 minutes, came up with 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. R.J. Barrett had 26, Julius Randle had 24, and the Miami Heat, who made many, many runs, just didn't have enough in them. After taking a 24-14 first quarter lead, Miami got outshot and outscored by 13 in the second by seven in the third, and that was all she wrote. Jimmy Butler, a pedestrian, 19 points, seven rebounds, nine assists in 43 minutes. So no one cracked the 20-point mark for Miami. And that series now three games to two in favor of Miami as it headed back to South Florida for game six. Coming up on Saturday. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors at home trailing the Lakers three games to two. Uh, came out on fire. The Lakers came back, made a game of it. And and uh, good game, but the Warriors win it 121 to 106. Uh, Anthony Davis caught an inadvertent elbow to the face early in the fourth quarter to his ear and eye area from Kevon Looney. He left the court with 23 points and nine rebounds in 32 minutes. He would not return to action. LeBron James had 25 points in 39 minutes. The Warriors, well, they had Steph with 27 and eight assists. Andrew Wiggins had 25. Draymond Green was the story. Very aggressive offensively with 20 points to go along with 10 rebounds, four assists. He kept his mouth shut. He was quiet. And Jordan Poole. Uh, was back on the court. That came up with 11 points in 23 minutes after not doing much other than that in the games prior to that. So now the Lakers lead that best of seven series, three games to two. And they'll get back after it on Saturday in Tinseltown. Meanwhile, two game sixes tonight as both Boston and Phoenix try to keep their seasons alive. Celtics going to the city of brotherly love to take on the Sixers, trailing three games to two, followed by the Nuggets heading to Phoenix with the Nuggets leading three games to two in that best of seven series. So we shall see. The SEC track and field championships are underway in Baton Rouge at Bernie Moore Track and Field Stadium. It'll go Thursday, Friday, and the finals will be on Saturday in many of the events. Some of the top world-class athletes are on campus. Um, and um, track and field is alive and well, and it's well represented when you look at um, uh, the top teams in the country. Five of the top six men's teams in the U.S. track and field and cross-country coaches associations Computer ratings are in the meet. Arkansas is number one on the men's side, followed by 
Number three, ranked Florida. Number four, Alabama. Number five, Tennessee. And number six, LSU. Meanwhile, the SEC women's teams hold down seven of the nation's top ten spots going into the conference meet, a group that's led by number two, Florida. Uh, The Gators are followed by number three, Arkansas, number six, LSU, number seven, Texas A&M, number eight, Georgia, number nine, Kentucky, and number 10, Ole Miss. So um, the beat goes on and on and on and on for uh, track and field. If you get a chance, some of the greatest athletes out there, um, and they will be performing. Uh, Another transfer portal hit for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns as safety cam Pedesclu um, has entered his name into the portal. Uh, and, you know, these things, you're just finding out. He, he entered it a while back, uh, but it's just now being released. So that's the second huge blow dealt to Coach Michael Desimo and his Ragin' Cajuns on the defensive side. Cornerback Trey Amos transferred out on the last day of the open transfer window. He announced his commitment to Alabama on Tuesday. Some say the loss of Pedesclu may hurt even more. He was the most experienced defensive back on UL's roster coming out of spring practice and heading into the 23 season, having 21 career starts and playing in more than 40 games during his career in Lafayette. He was the fourth leading tackler for the Cajuns last season with 74. He had seven passes defended with an interception, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Man, he was a stat sheet stuffer. Um, So now Desimo and second-year defensive coordinator Lamar Morgan are going to have to have four new starters in the secondary uh, following these departures and that's never easy to do so keep an eye on that position with the raging cajuns our guest list today is full coming up in just a minute matthew bruni will join us we'll talk all things lsu chris dotson will talk the nba the pelicans have right now the 14th pick in the draft uh what are they going to be looking for who might be available at that spot uh, our number two, Billy Enbody, will join us. Uh, we'll talk recruiting. We'll get a McNeese Athletic Department update from Jim Gazzolo. And then more on the Saints. It's the um, schedule reveal coming out tonight. Uh, Ross Jackson will join us and talk a little bit about that. It appears the Saints are going to be playing the Green Bay Packers, who somehow, someway had their schedule leaked out. Looks like the Saints are playing the Packers in Green Bay week three. So the weather will be nice. It won't be the frozen tundra. So thank you very much, NFL. I will take our first time out uh, and our birthday wishes today include two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. And one, I can't believe, is that young and can't get a gig. Anyway, uh, these stories, much, much more coming your way today. Matthew Bruni, next, after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back. Let's get things rolling. All things LSU with the guy who covers all things LSU for Bengal Tiger on three, our good friend, Mr. Matthew Bruni. I still remember, Matthew, the first time I had you, I screwed up your name, and now now it's indelibly ingrained in my mind, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We've, we've, we've come a long way in the, whatever year, year and a half or so. I've been here since I, I get, August 21. So I get my name screwed up so often. How often do you get yours messed up? Oh, yeah. Brune, it's, everyone says Brune pretty much, so yep. it's just yep. got to get yep. the E going. Um, I, I should probably put an accent mark on the E. Hey, really yes. yes, put that little slash above that E. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, where do we begin? Um, basketball, recruiting's going on. Uh, what do you think of um, what Coach Matt McMahon's doing? He's got one in 2024. He's offered some more. Um, are, are you seeing a progression here in the level of talent being recruited? Yeah, um, I said that, I think I said early on, I was like, the 2023 cycle I knew would be all transfers. I knew that just from an overall perspective, I think I said that early in the season, I said that people worried about 2023 freshmen weren't, that's not the right place to focus. So 23 was going to be a lot of transfers. And the 24 cycle, I said, that's where they're going to have to get some high major talent from the recruiting ranks, from freshman ranks. So uh, three or four names here that they're going to have to get. Um, they did get a commitment. He is currently a three-star prospect. I saw him uh, when I was in uh, Bryan, Texas, a couple weeks ago. And um, very, very high upside player, coached by Tracy McGray right now. So Devon, uh, Devin Pryor, uh, a guy who I think ends up being a four-star. So I think that's a good pickup. They're after another guy, Robert Miller, who dad played at LSU football um he's a he's the top 40 player in my opinion he's kind of the big target for them uh so yeah I think the level what is si- going what kind up. of size is and he I, what, tell, tell me about him is he a big is he a guard what is he yeah he's uh 6'10 but I watched him and he's hit four threes in the first half but he can block shots he's very very uh talented real intriguing I mean if he's if they get him you're looking at a guy who I think is able to come in and play as a freshman significantly, like better than Jalen Reed is, and you know guys like that. So, yeah, Robert Miller's the the big name there uh, that I I got to see in person, and and he's really impressive. So yeah, I think the level's going up. I think that's the big class for them is 2024. Uh, on the women's side of things, my goodness gracious. Um, they- there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team. And I guess the main thing is, can this team focus on 
basketball. They, we see all the NIL deals. We saw where Flaugé Johnson came out with a with a rap song that kind of hey, made reference to 911 and all 911 and all this stuff. She had to take that down. So Kim Mulkey's never she's faced a lot of things, but she I don't think she's ever faced something like this where you have uh, three of your top players all making a lot of money in the NIL range, and they're all there. One's on a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. There's a lot of distractions there. There's no doubting the talent is there. Now we have to see if they're going to be able to focus on basketball. And it's um, it's not as easy as you think. Yeah, I, I go back to the more that this turns into, obviously, them being professionals, it lends itself to more opportunities off the court, but also on the court, if if it was a lesser coach or a more, less experienced coach, I'd have real, real concerns right now. I'd say, you know, there's a reason Nick Saban went to the Dolphins, struggled, and went back to college. I mean, there's a certain aspect of control that college coaches have in every sport, and as NIL and as, you know, more money comes into the players, um, that dynamic is a real interesting um, yeah. avenue that coaches are going to have to navigate over the coming years because, I mean, players, if they're making X amount of dollars, one X amount of playing time, one X amount of this and that. It's just, you know, the, the dynamic changes, and everybody understands that at the pro level, but there's contracts, there's agents, there's a lot of nuances there. And in college, it's very much make money, play basketball, but the amount of off-the-court um, deals that these players have is really staggering. And, you know, I think it's great for them, especially in women's basketball, where in the WNBA they're not going to make a ton of money at this point. Like, this is their opportunity to cash in. It's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see if there at any point becomes uh, a problem from it. Yeah, um, I will tell. A time will tell, but if they do, and if they can focus when they get between those lines, my goodness gracious! I mean, they—they've oh, yeah. got just about everything you need, and then some. Yeah, they—they'll they, be the preseason number one. Uh, UConn is going to be very, very, very good as well. Uh, returning Paige Beckers over there as one of the best players in the country, and um, Azzy Fudd and players like that. I mean, that's—it's going to be LSU and UConn are the top two. Uh, but yeah, on paper, Angel Reese, Anissa Morrow, Haley Van List, that's three, potentially three of the top 15 players in the country right there. I mean, it's um, how you make them work and how it all comes together is going to be interesting because I think defensively they will have to work a lot harder than they did last year. Um, losing Alexis Morris, losing Ladeja Williams, that's two key pieces of their defense that won them the championship. I mean, they didn't win that championship because of the offense. In the championship game, they got hot. They scored 100 points, but they won the Utah game. They won the Miami game. They won all the games leading up to Michigan because they were a great defensive team. And so now you, they're, it's going to be interesting to see how they defend and how the pieces come together. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I think they're just going to average 90-plus points per game. So who needs defense at that point? Better, yeah, exactly. You better go to that Dean Smith school of learning how to get all these great players to play together. 
LSU had uh, Shaq, Stanley Roberts, and the then Chris Jackson, now Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, along with Vernell Singleton, and they, mm-hmm. they couldn't win yeah. at all, and they had more talent than anybody combined. So we'll see if they can play together. Um, I don't know how much LSU baseball you follow, but um, we know what Paul Skeens gets you. Ty Floyd is mm-hmm. critical. Got to find that third guy. Is it time for – I keep saying – Jay, just give the ball to Thatcher Hurd and tell him, look, dude, we're sticking with you no matter what. You're our guy. I think that's, Here's the ball. I Go, think just it. throw strikes. If they if they score runs, I don't care because we're going to get runs. But we need you to pitch at least five innings on a Sunday or maybe even a whatever. We need you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I Jay Johnson said that in the first two weeks of the season – uh, when Thatcher came out, it was a little shaky. It was a little shaky. It was like he flat out said Thatcher Hurd is going to decide kind of the upside of this team on the mound because you know what you're getting from Paul Skeens. You know what you're getting from Ty Floyd. Uh, the bullpen is shaky, but there are some arms in there that can get three, four, five outs at a time. Ultimately, Thatcher Hurd, and they, they hoped Christian Little maybe could step into that role as the third guy, but Thatcher Hurd has always been the most talented option uh he's always had the highest upside and um if they could at some point just get him to be what they had hoped and be or even 80 percent of what they hoped he could be i think that that would be a huge turnaround for this team because at this point them just putting together outs in that third game as we saw against auburn it's not easy for them uh, especially when christian little gets off to the start he got off to so yeah i think that's a herd i would have uh, Jay Johnson said today that they have not decided a starter for that third game. They'll see how it plays. I think it, I mean, Thatcher Hurd makes the most sense to me at this point in the year where you're trying to just hit your stride and get everything in order for, for I mean, the the regionals and everything. I think yeah. I would give it to Thatcher Hurd. He picks Tuesday, what, 30, 35 pitches? I, I don't think that's mm-hmm. anything to um, to give, be alarmed about. Give them, I think it's all between the ears. With her, and I think they need to go become a, a motivational psychologist and say, "Dude, you're our guy the rest of the year. We believe in you. Here's the ball. Go throw strikes. If they hit it, so what? We're gonna score runs, but we need you, and we believe in you. I think that's what they need to do. I really do. Yeah, I mean, there there was a stat over his past was it eight and a half nine innings. I mean, he's been really, really consistent. Now, obviously, that's different when you're coming in for relief than when you're starting because you're expected to get, you know, six outs or five outs instead of 12 outs. That's a very different approach. But, yeah, he's been better. He's been a lot better. And I think that that's going to be an interesting um, avenue to watch because once you get into these regionals, obviously double elimination aspect of it, it's like you trust them to win the first game with Skeens. You mostly trust them with Floyd. And then after that, it's kind of just like, all right, piece it together to where we don't completely fall apart. That's the whole thing is you just can't fall apart like they've been like they did in right. that Auburn game and that Auburn series really. And, and you know, it's the old thing. You gotta if you walk a guy, you gotta flush that and get the next guy out. Throw strikes on the next guy. You can't compound it and worry and look over your shoulder. I think Dexter Hurd's looking over his shoulder. You can't do that as an athlete. Um you just got to keep playing. Got to keep playing. Um, I got to ask you, you're a Hoops fan. NBA's been great. The playoffs have been sensational, I believe. Wouldn't it be great if Philadelphia and Denver made it to the finals? Two new teams. 
and and we go back to big boy basketball with Embiid against uh, Jokic. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that that's my dream finals matchup right there. As much as some people want to hold on to the Steph Currys and LeBrons and Durants, um, I just love watching Jokic. He is incredible. Has complete control of everything. Yeah. Uh, the role player. I mean, the rest of the team on Denver is kind of a little up and down at times, but I mean, he's just phenomenal. And I, I mean, nobody in the West, nobody in the NBA right now looks like a juggernaut. So I think there's a very real avenue for Denver to make it out, and then. Philadelphia and Boston play tonight, six thirty. We'll see if Philly can close them out at home. Um, that that series has just been a mess a little bit, but yeah, Embiid's awesome. I, th- I really hope that those are the two that make it out. And um, Philadelphia's yeah, yeah Philadelphia's Philadelphia's winning tonight. I, I think I think Denver Phoenix is going seven. I think they're going back to the Mile High City. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. we shall see. But that would be a lot of fun. I like to see new teams in there. Um, at the very end, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Matthew Bruni, go out there and watch SEC track and field. Man, you talk about great athletes. Yeah. Ooh, unbelievable. Yeah, that, 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 that's pretty cool to have it here. So we'll see what, what I can catch. There you go. Go to it. You're busy. I appreciate the time as always, man. Have a great rest of your week and a weekend, uh, and we'll be back asking you to join us again one of these days soon. So thank you, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Matthew Bruni from um, BengalTigerOn3.com. We'll take a timeout. We'll delve into the NBA and the Pelicans. Our good friend Chris Dotson next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app. Did you know that? Well, now you do, and that is now your one-stop shop for all things the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free mobile app today from your Apple or Android device. Just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. New favorite guest uh, back again. Uh, following him on Twitter at Doing It Dotson, D O D S O N. Chris Dotson knows a lot about a lot, and particularly. Uh, when it comes to the NBA and the New Orleans Pelicans. Christopher, thanks for the time again, my friend. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well, enjoying this weather before it gets too hot. It's perfect for fishing and baseball. I love it. Fishing. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, I live in Louisiana all my life. I'm not a fisherman. but I like to eat the fish. I just don't have the patience that it takes to sit there and wait and wait. But God bless all of you that do. Thank goodness. Um when you look at these playoffs in totality and then you look at the Pelicans, what do you see that those teams that are still surviving and still playing, what do they do and, 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 and weigh it up against what the Pelicans need to do to get to that level? Does that well, make you sense? Want to look at things you can actually practice in the offseason, drill in, you know, once the team comes back for training camp. It's rebounding to me more than outside shooting. You've seen teams that take more threes lose a lot of these games, which is, you know, what 
some analytic people might say is against the trend, but it's more important to go get those misses. We've seen that with Looney and his 20 rebounds, bam, over in the New York series. Whoever wins the rebounding game, they win that game. It's, that's what you could do on the court. As far as just in general and looking at X-Facts type things, things you can't always put a finger on, each one of these teams has an identity. And due to maybe just a lack of sample size of Willie Green getting to play with B.I. and Zion, we still yeah. don't know about this team's identity. We know what they want to be, but they just haven't had the reps to see if that'll hold up in this playoff kind of environment. And we're seeing what works and doesn't work in real time. The Pelicans have a lot of those pieces. We just don't know if they can put it together. The enigma to me is Jonas Valanciunas. I, I, there are times when he's terrific, and there's other times where, man, it looks like he's slowing him down. What do you do with Jonas? I mean, this team, I think, will always employ a traditional type of sentence. Giannis might be getting paid too much for that role. There are some minutes for him, but with the options you have in free agency, the options in the draft, with you get Larry Nance Jr. coming back healthy, this team's going to play a little differently next season. Willie Green and David Griffin alluded to it. Willie knows that he needs to work on as far as charts and shot profiles such as how to incorporate a traditional big man and what he wants to do with that .5 basketball. And then David Griffin missing the analytics and how he's going to tweak but maybe not big changes to this roster. And Jonas, he might be replaced with a traditional center making less money so this team can make a few adjustments elsewhere. I don't think it's necessary. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But I would also like to see Jonas back and a little refreshed next season. Uh, CJ and Jonas both talked about how this is one of the most trying seasons of their professional career. I think one more year with this group, they all like each other. It's a great locker room. He's, he's not a problem, but you've got to find a new way to use him. Okay. Um, I just know, I look at like what uh, Golden State's doing. The ball in Steph Curry's hand, whoever's guarding Anthony Davis, he comes and screens, and now you have the switch. Heaven forbid if Valanciunas is caught up in something like that. He he can't guard you or me, and I'm old with bad knees, and I could still blow by him. So that scares me uh, as a defensive liability. I know you got to get bigs, but, man, give me some more athleticism at that spot, and then I'd be happy. Right, and but Curry's kind of a – I understand exactly what you're saying. Like I say, the role will have to change a little bit. He's going to have to work on understanding his defensive weaknesses and how those can be kind of shaded and, and they can hide those a little bit. But then you also get the Jokic's of the world, the, the Bams, the, the bigger guys, the Aitons, the, the Davises. And Jonas, if nothing else, he's good for some fouls and he can still stretch the floor. Maybe with his contract they even redo it and make it a little bit more team-friendly. I don't know why he'd give up money now unless he got plenty of security later. Uh, but I still I think there's a role for him on this team, just maybe not at that price point, and that's going to be the breaking point for this front office. Do they really want to try it again, or do they, they go after something different, even though they know at times Giannis can work, even though he is an enigma against the Stephs, the, the, the Bookers, the, the, those right. guys in the league. I'm convinced, Lynn, watching these teams in the West, you can talk defense all you want. You can't stop these guys. They're too good. So you better be able to keep up and keep pace with them on the scoreboard because uh, you can't stop Booker and Durant and 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 Jokic. Uh, you just can't do it. So you better be able to score. So with that being said, um, as things stand right now, the Pelicans have the 14th pick 
in the upcoming NBA draft. Let's say things stand pat. No, you know, everybody wants Victor Wembayana, the seven foot four, whatever he is, phenom, French phenom. But at 14, are there players out there that 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 can help this Pelicans franchise and become an immediate impact player in year one? Uh, there's actually four. I just wrote about them. I know that the Pelicans have scouted some of them going back to the beginning of their NCAA season at that Champions Cup, which really every NBA team had multiple scouts there. If you want to look at what we were just touching on, Giannis rebounding. Taylor Hendricks is probably going to be mocking that 10 to 14, maybe drop out of the lottery range. Derek Lively out of Duke is 7-1 and can shoot 36 37% in college. He can stretch that back. Those are two guys that I could see as replacement bigs, maybe even replacing Jackson coming in and getting his minutes. And then you look at what this team's going to be going forward on the offensive end. You just mentioned it. It doesn't matter if you have the best defense in the world. If you can't put the ball in the bucket, you're not winning a series. This right. team doesn't need a, a flashy guard. It almost maybe you could say they don't need C.J. running with B.I. and Zion as much. But you got that case in Wallace. He's just a good lead guard. He can play with a more dynamic backcourt partner. He showed that this year. They moved him around a bunch. But when they just let him initiate and be a point-of-attack defender and just kind of make sure the offense kept humming, I thought he would be great. If you brought him in, I really think he might push Jose Alvarado's minutes. So, so that would be a heck of a competition. And then Dariq Whitehead, top five recruit, top five, you know, just everything one year ago. But his stock has fallen so far. I think New Orleans could really get a value steal if they don't find a trade they don't like, you know, to get out of that 14th pick. He's somebody you, you've got to swing on while you can and while he's cheap because they, you're only going to have so many more of these lottery picks. We hope. We hope. Uh, Tayson's from Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sold. Um, I don't know why Kentucky can't win more when they're at Kentucky. But when they get to the league, my good, does any team still in the playoffs not have a player from Kentucky who is like a star? I mean, Maxie at Philly, Bookner, um, Bam Adebayo. Uh, I mean, on and on and on and on they go. It's just, uh, it's remarkable. Right. And I've got notes right here just pulled up on Wallace. He, against Michigan State in that Champions Classic, against multiple. Pelican scouts, 14 points, 8 steals, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. He's 6'5", 195, so he's more like a Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart type. He's well bigger than Kyra and Jose or Devontae Graham that left, and he still shoots better than Graham. Like I really believe Wallace could come in and do what everybody thought Dyson was going to do this year as far as getting minutes leading that second team. Are you a Dyson Daniels fan? As a person, yes, looking at his game, his no, confidence no, no. I'm has talking about get there. As a player. His confidence just has to get there, and it's just not been there. It, it, he's got all the tools, but he hadn't put it together. But we did say the same thing about Trey Murphy before he went to the G League last year. He just he couldn't hit the side of the barn, and then he'd come back just playing great. Dyson, he come in, he had all these expectations on him as you know a, a lottery pick, but this team had expectations. And I think it all fell apart. He started getting sporadic minutes. It shattered his confidence. So they've really got to rebuild Dyson. And he's in the gym still. He's going to go to Australia and play with the international guys. But he's already got plans to come back and really work with the team as soon as he can. 
one thing about Murphy, you uh, even though he wasn't making shots, you looked at his shot and it was a really good looking shot. He had really good technique and form. It was a question of when, not if. Dyson Daniels, mm-mm, I don't have, I don't see the same. So I have, a, I have a huge, huge question mark going back to what you said. I don't care how good you are defensively. If you don't have guys that can put the ball in the bucket, you're not going to win. And I don't trust him um, with his the ball in his hands to make buckets. So, so we'll see. We shall see. Um, Celtics at 76ers tonight. Uh, Celtics up and down. Six, this has been an up and down series. But for Philadelphia, just looks like a team that is about to just bust on through. Um, and Bede's been terrific. His supporting cast seems to all understand their roles, and they're playing their, those roles at a very high level. I think the Sixers close this thing out tonight. What do you think? Uh, we're on the exact same page. This Philly team looks like a Harden and Bead dot team that has really been building and been through some battles and stuck together in one way or another, and it's finally their time. The Celtics team looks like a team that got to the finals, had a coach go through a scandal, is dealing with a rookie coach with a Jalen Brown that might want to leave unless he gets that super max. They look like they've already started that downward trend. Philadelphia looks like they're peaking at the right time for everything they've wanted to do these last, you know, through the whole process, really. CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas for Jalen Brown. Do you make the deal? Uh, I make the deal. That's an easy Me deal, too. even if they want three picks and one of them is why I, I make that deal all day. Me too. Me too. I like Jalen Brown. He's good. Uh, Nuggets, Suns, it heads back to Phoenix tonight. Denver leads three to two. What's the outcome tonight of that one? I think Denver handles business there. You know, it's game six. They're up three to two. Jokic is just having an otherworldly series. I think he leads all playoff people in points, yeah. rebounds, assists. Yeah. As far as the MVP, it, he might not have got the trophy this year, but I think he gets that that win tonight and starts getting ready for Denver's first you know real good run through the finals. You got Murray, Porter Jr. They're just playing great. Again, Denver is a team that looks like they've been through some battles. They've licked some wounds together. They've, you know, regrouped, recircled, figured out what works, and they, they're they really going to be something the next few years, I think. That, that yeah, if, I think if they, if they I, make I it, like everything the goes through them the next five years. I believe they are the better team. What if uh, the Suns dangle DeAndre Ayton to the Pelicans? You like him? Uh, no, nah, I'm against Aiton uh, for pretty much anything, unless it's just scraps. The contract, he's an offense first player. I know you got to make buckets. But for what he wants to do in an offense, we just don't have that role for him. We've got B.I., we've got Zion. We don't need an Aiton. I'd rather even a Turner, uh, somebody down the line. Just everything Aiton brings with him, the way he's flashed with his body language. I know I'm not in those locker rooms, but I'm a big body language guy when it comes to some of these yeah. things. For I right or wrong, he's about. just not shown what I want in this locker room. I'm with you. Um, Nick stayed alive. Jalen Brunson played all 48 minutes. He was just brilliant. Uh, series goes back to Miami. Heat lead at three games to two. Butler's not going to let the Heat lose. Game six, is he? Uh, it's going to be tough. I think it, it's Going to a former Pelican, the Knicks lost that game the other night, and they had bad nights from three or four people. Josh Hart had four points and two rebounds the whole game. I think Brunson's yeah. actually going to get some more help tonight. 
Butler, if he tries to put it all on his shoulders, it's it's got to go wrong once, right? I, I can't bet against Jimmy Buckets, but playoff Jimmy B, it, it's going to just go bad one night. And if it's tonight, it's going to be all she wrote on the season. Great season for him, but uh, it, it, he can't keep doing this, can he? Like, can he? I don't want to lose my rent money on it, but he can't keep doing it. So I've got to bet against him one night, and I, I guess tonight's the night. I think they have well, that's going to be that's going to be Friday night, so not tonight, uh, but Friday night. So you like the Knicks to win in Miami? Interesting. Okay, um, the Warriors beat the Lakers uh, by fifteen. Anthony Davis took a shot to the side of his head. Uh, they don't think it's a concussion, so he should be good to go. It goes back Friday to L.A. with the Lakers up 3-2. to two. Do the Lakers close the door on the Warriors, or does Steph and that championship mantra win another one? I love that you went in this order. The same way I can't bet against some people until – I'll bet against Davis all day, every day. I think you can't count the champs out until they're fully out. The Warriors are going to get a game seven out of it just because hey, – why not? If the NBA is really scripted – you can't let the champs go out like that. Give them a game seven. We all love game sevens, and, and they're the champs. They deserve that respect. We're five days away from finding out if the Pelicans um, get extremely lucky and win the lottery and win the pick with the first pick overall. Man, that couldn't possibly happen, could it, Chris? I mean, you never say never. Never. Yeah. Never say never. Even a top four pick would be lovely. Any of the top four would be great, great, great additions to, to this team. But I'll say this for you. With this Wimby, I wouldn't mind seeing him land in the division. There's people that say, well, let, please let somebody else win. No, I actually want to see him play four or five times a year, six times a year when I travel on the road to cover the team. I want to see those talents. I, I love seeing it. the fans here in New Orleans. Let, let us get a, a star like that in the division so there's more stars coming to the Smoothie King Center and they get their money's worth. Either way, that's what I'm looking forward to. Take, take him out of the equation. Let's say the Pelicans do get lucky. What what kind of player would you advise them? What A, a big, a wing, a guard, a point guard? What, what would you want to get out of this draft in a perfect scenario? Uh, in a perfect scenario, if you take him Victor out of it, I'm looking at a Brandon Miller, so a wing that can be a combo guard, but also operate off the ball. You don't want to bring in anyone that's ball heavy. That would be the one thing I would advise them against. It's not okay. what do you look for, it's what do you look to avoid. And just don't bring anybody that's too ball heavy, can't shoot, can't defend their position. You avoid those three things, this team should be okay. All right, everything's uh... – Tantamount upon Zion. Have you seen him around town? Is he exercising, working out, or is he dining at all the fine restaurants? That's that's the key to the whole deal. He's got to lose weight. Right, but he is in town. He's still working out at the facilities. He just run into, uh, wrote an article on it. Uh, Kendall Banks is a local artist, does T-shirts, music, a few other things. They have a whole group and a store. Zion just run into him at a gas station, spent a bunch of time with him, took some pictures with some kids. Uh, he did uh, think somebody mentioned and threw some pictures of him at a hookah lounge the other night. But, hey, they're kids. They're young adults. you got to let them have some fun. But, no, he's sticking around. He's in the city. He's working out. You look at the pictures, but you can judge for yourself. But you get around him. No one thinks he's not in shape right now. Okay. Just keep losing some of that weight, Zion. Play a full season, and this team will be fine. Uh, Chris Dotson, man, I tell you what, 
Good, great stuff, man. As always, let's make this a habit. I, I gotta, I gotta call you more often to do this, and we'll talk about other things besides the NBA. But, uh, but I greatly appreciate your time, man. Great job. Hey, hey, I thank you. Appreciate you. Love to come on, and yeah, I can talk a little bit of everything. And you don't have to go fishing to be good at fishing. You just gotta enjoy fishing. I'll leave that you one for you. Catch, you catch the fish. I'll eat the fish. Goodbye, Chris. Thank you. We'll take a time out. We'll come back and close up our number one. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners, ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all by Ducks. Cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville by the Louisiana Lottery. Uh, You can't win until you start playing D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon. Best cheeseburger in the world inside their true soul food deli. And by Cajun Chef. Uh, Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm I'm glad that you asked that question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back. Quick wrap-up here of our number one. Uh, special thanks to Matthew Bruni and Chris Dotson. Coming up, our number two, all the recruiting info you need to know from Billy Embody. Um, a State of the Union address on McNeese Athletics with my buddy Jim Gazzolo. And we'll talk Saints um, and the NFL, the schedule reveal, and all those things with our good friend Ross Jackson. All coming your way next after the top of the hour sports update here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion above 500 now, 19 and 18, Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go. So glad you're with us on this Thursday, May the 11th, the year 2023. I'm main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. An astounding number that I read, 191 quarterbacks entered the transfer portal in the winter and spring windows. Quarterbacks, 191. Of those 191 entries, you have got 40 
84 who still haven't found schools for the 2023 season. Wow. So recruiting is everything. Some, some schools like the portal. Others like to do it old school. And you got to build with high school talent. Nobody follows it or does it better than our good friend Billy Enbody from On3 Sports covers LSU for Bengal Tiger On3 uh, amongst the many other things that he does. And it's a 24-7, 365 day job. Uh, Billy, thanks for the time, man. How are you these days, my friend? I'm doing well, Jordy. How about you? I'm good. I'm glad I don't, I don't do what you do, but I'm glad you do what you do. And you can inform us on all this stuff. So, gosh, we've got basketball, we've got football, it's on and on and on. Tell me the latest with LSU football. Um, what's going on? I know there's a couple of kids in the portal that LSU would love to have. What's the latest on that? And how how is the state of Louisiana as for high school seniors to be panning out? Yeah, this is one of those busy times of year for uh, the football staff because they are hosting players here and there um, for unofficial and official visits. They're also hitting the road recruiting during spring practices to evaluate players. Uh, they're kind of all over the place, and so it takes a lot of organization to, to make it all work. But uh, one of the biggest changes is having to navigate the transfer portal and uh, the window closed on April 30th, and as long as players were in there, unless they're graduate transfers, um, we're in there before the end of that. They can be recruited kind of throughout really as long as they want um, until they enroll at a new school. And LSU is, is no stranger to uh, navigating that time. And um, they're going to host two official visitors this weekend. One is going to be Rhode Island safety, Antonio Carter. He's really intriguing. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. He played a lot of corner the last two seasons up there uh, for Rhode Island and um, was very productive. Um, finished with uh, 60 tackles, 10 pass breakups, and an interception this past season. He's been uh, kind of on that track the last two seasons playing that position, but LSU is recruiting him uh, for a safety spot. Um, he's at Notre Dame right now. He'll also visit Florida uh, as well uh, this weekend, and he's going to fit in at LSU official visit uh, during that time. And this is one of those players that when you look at kind of how he's navigated it, you got to think LSU has a good chance here. He canceled a Kentucky official visit to make an LSU official visit. LSU and Florida are probably the two that I kind of feel like are battling it out the most for him. Uh, he grew up uh, watching Florida, um, and, and he's from the Orlando area, so that is something to note with him. But on the same, but at the same time, he canceled you know that Kentucky visit to make this LSU visit, and he views this as a business decision from what he told us me, and really likes Kerry cooks. And so that, that's a big piece. Let me interrupt you for one second. Um, Rhode Island. Okay. What do these yeah. coaches, Rhode Island's a lot different, whoever they play. And I know they play basketball. I don't, I don't know who the heck they play in football. Um, but coming to the sec, that's a whole different world. What is it that these teams see in this kid that think that think they think they can he can take his game from that level of play to a whole nother stratosphere of playing in the SEC? Yeah, I, I think he's one of those players that you you try and project. And when you look at kind of what he has left, he is 
two seasons of eligibility left. Uh, he redshirted in 2019. Obviously, 2020 was his free year, and then he's played a ton of football the last two years. Um, when you look at him physically, um, he must have honestly developed a, a good bit coming out of high school. Um, but he's from the Orlando area. He was, you know, not somebody that was um, uh, wasn't a bad player or anything like that to end up at Rhode Island. He was uh, second team All Metro. He's just really blown up uh, since getting to college. You know, his frames filled out. Um, and the crazy thing about colleges now is they have all this technology that you can actually throw the tape on and. It can tell you how fast they're running and, well, if that'll translate to the SEC and things like that. Um, and obviously with all the film that they have, they can kind of break it up and, um, you know, really assess what tools he has and if that translate to the SEC. I, I kind of think with all these schools recruiting him safety, the fact that he played corner kind of being uh, out on an island, so to speak, uh, is kind of a good thing. So he's comfortable in coverage. Obviously it'll be a jump up for the SEC, but – uh, that is kind of how a lot of teams are evaluating him, just his production, his size, and, and kind of those traits uh, that you look for out of SEC corners and safeties. I mean, if you look at him, he, he physically looks like an SEC-type player, uh, okay. so it'll uh-huh. just be about the adjustment for him whenever he gets to his next stop. Good for him. I know there's a running back out there who was from Rummel High School in New Orleans. I think I think LSU – you can't get enough of those, particularly when you're not sure what you have, who's going to be there, who's going to be healthy. Uh, what's the latest on the running back that's out there in the portal? Yeah, you're ag- absolutely right. Uh, Notre Dame transfer running back Logan Diggs, um, who went to Rummel. Uh, LSU's had a decent amount of success with Rummel players through the years, um, and now he's entered the transfer portal. Uh, he racked up over 1,000 all-purpose yards this past season, uh, can catch the ball, um, you know, do it on the ground. And I think that's something LSU doesn't really have enough of is a you know, reliable pass catcher. And with how many injuries have stacked up and yeah. question marks around that position, I mean, this is one that, you know, you look at it on paper and you say, if everyone's healthy, you're in a good spot. But, you know, the fact is they haven't been healthy. And um, mm-hmm. so I like that they're, they're addressing this position. I, I kind of hope that they go, go out and address this position, you know, for a long time now and, it worked out that Logan Diggs entered the portal. He's taken South Carolina and Ole Miss official visits, um, but I, I like LSU as a as a team to watch here. I, I think once okay. they get him on campus, which is going to be this weekend, I, I think they'll close the deal. Sounds great, Billy Embody with us. Uh, when you evaluate the seniors to be for the class of 2024 in the state of Louisiana. Is it a good class? It is a marginal class. Is it a bad class? What? How do you rank it? Yeah, I, I think it's turning into a pretty solid class. Um, there are a lot of players, I think, in the state that are project projection type players. I mean, last, last cycle, I felt like there were guys that were a lot more finished products for for whatever reason, and and this year, I think the state's giving a lot more. Um, I think guys who are, who are really impressive athletes, and um, I, I think that's the intriguing thing. I mean, you look at the top of Dominic McKinley, a five-star defensive lineman for us at on three. Uh, he just you know oozes with athleticism. I mean, his first you know highlight is a I think it's like an 80-yard interception return off a batted ball or something, um, and he's you know got the size that you want. He's got incredible measurables. Wardell Mack out of New Orleans is another guy in five-star range for us, and. Uh, he's he, he's done it on both sides of the ball. 
Um, I think he had a thousand yards receiving. He's been in the you know punt kick return game, and that's kind of the type of dominance you want to see. And then you have somebody like a Tradez Green who gets it done on the basketball court and on the yep. football field. You know, had yep. that production, has the size. You think he has the the athleticism to get it done as far as being an SEC tight end. He's obviously now committed to LSU. Those are the types of frames and and players and yeah. physical traits that you want to see. Yeah. And then LSU just picked up Deshaun McBride, who's done really well in track. He broke his school record in interceptions. Tylen Singleton, the linebacker out of Manny, is kind of a linebacker safety combo who's got the athleticism and frame that people love. Um, there, there are a lot of guys in this class that um, you know really, I think, project well to having kind of off the chart potential. And then you have a bunch of like solid players. You have you know LSU commits. Uh, Ahmad Bro, Collage Cobbins, who I'm probably higher on than than we are. Um, you get some wild cards in there, um, like Jawan Johnson out of LCA. You know he plays quarterback there, but schools are all over him to him? play corner. Um, there's just a bunch bunch of guys that uh, are really emerging um, day in day out. It seems like is is Jawan Johnson a cornerback or is he a guy that you could put as uh, teach him how to be a wide receiver? He seems like when he has the ball in his hand, he's really really dangerous. What do you do with him? Yeah, I, I think at the next level you put him as a nickel, but but there are probably some schools that would love to see him in a little package as a as a slot receiver type um of player, but but I think just the way he's worked out at nickel, I really like his ability to move side to side and, and react quickly, which at that position, it's so tough. I mean, these wide receivers, yes. the way they can run routes and route people up now, it, it's you got to be so quick on your feet. And, and I think he has that, um, and he can play in that, in that role. So um, that would be where I would uh, peg him most likely at the next level. Billy Embody with us. Real quick, how's Matt McMahon doing? Do you see um... – and then I know he had to do the portal and hit it hard uh, because of the circumstances. Do you see um, a, a better recruiting aspect taking place now? I do. I, I think, you know, the portal is, is just kind of difficult. Uh, it, it really is. You can get a mixed bag. You can get, you know, a guy like, you know, Jalen Cook and Jordan Wright to come on home. And, and, and I think those are awesome stories and, you know, they're going to be guys that LSU leans on in a big way, and I think they're going to be really good players for LSU. Um, yeah. You know, Carlos Stewart is a guy I'm high on. But then you also got to take, you know, a Hunter Dean and a Will Baker that you hope when you stick them in the SEC, they can do some things for you and, and play at a high level and kind of elevate their game. Um, right. But when it comes to the actual recruiting, I really like what they're doing in the 2024 class already. Um, they just okay. picked up their first commitment with Devin Pryor, who is – I think he's got a chance to be like a top 100 type player. He's just kind of broken out this spring. He took an unofficial visit to LSU and just shut it down um, and, and, you know, quickly jumped on board. So he's locked in, you know, you don't see many decommitments in, in, in basketball really, but then you're, you're in a really good position for a guy like Robert Miller, who's trending to be a top 30 type prospect and is an LSU legacy. And if they can get him on board, then you've really got the future of this front court and, and kind of that, that wing position really, really figured out. So then it'll be about getting, you know, who's next at point guard. They signed Mikey Williams um, this, this past uh, cycle in 2023, who a lot of people are, are higher on than maybe the rankings suggest, um, who's a sh- little bit of a shooting guard but can handle it as well. But 
Um, I, I just think you, you look at what they're building in the front court out of the high school ranks, it's really impressive. I, I think they're trending awesome. slowly but surely in the right direction. I'm not even going to ask you about Kim Mulkey. That's just a freaking machine. Billy Embody, you are the best. Thank you, my friend. I really do appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and your wife. Um, and um, thank you again. Thanks a lot, Jordy. I appreciate you having me. Have a good one. You're the best. Billy Embody with us. We'll take a, a stroll around the McNeese Athletic Department with Jim Gazzola next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse? A $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. They're both located in Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse. So come on, let's do it. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. It's after the hour on this Thursday, May the 11th. Hope you're having a great day. It's always fun when I get to talk to my next guest because it's been a while since we found out what's happening on that beautiful campus in Lake Charles at McNeese State University. He is the host of the McNeese State Coaches Show. He's a writer. He does everything. My buddy Jim Gazzola, kind enough to join us. Jimbo, how are you, sir? Uh, wet. Jordy, we're wet here. <laughs> Oh, well, that's uh, welcome, you know, South Louisiana. That's just the way it goes. Uh, question number one, how's my boy Will Wade doing? I've been wanting to get Will on, but things have been kind of busy. I know he's busy, but how's he doing? Uh, he's doing well. Um, he's brought in uh, <clears throat> several, uh, f- five so far. He's still got three openings left. He's hoping uh, this week, in fact, who, uh, there's a kid he's after who's six eight, but I can't mention his name. Right. Um, but um, if he gets him, I think he will be uh, pretty happy. Uh, Christian Shoemate has decided to return uh, after entering the portal, so the presumptive player of the year preseason is back. Um, he's pretty. I think he's doing okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hey, a it's a change in pace Leonard, for him. He has him in the different- bracket. When was the last time that What's happened? That? I missed that. What'd you say? Joe Lenardi has him in his first bracket for the NCAA tournament. Wow. That's never happened in my lifetime. Wow. <laughs> that is stinking awesome. Good. Um, we'll get him going now. He'll, he's going to play a fun brand of basketball for sure. So that's great. Um, you got to see spring practice a little bit. So, um, what's your opinion of McNeese football as they get ready to head into another season in the fall? Well, it's going to be improved. Uh, they just signed recently a Porto guy from Cincinnati, Marcus Peterson, who had three or four stars, depending on what um, ranking service you go with. 
uh, 6'3", wide receiver, something they didn't have. That's the one piece of the puzzle they don't have, really, is a solid receiving core. They have two quarterbacks this year instead of none. So uh, they looked really much different uh, in spring ball, much more organized, much more prepared, and, um, you know, they have high hopes. As well they should, right? As well they should. Um, Softball? Tournament. I mean, you get all the tournaments there. I mean, that's that's y'all great negotiating t- tool, right? We're gonna leave the oh, conference, yeah. uh, but we'll stay. But we want every tournament to be at our place. Yes, and a few other things, and a few. Oh, our dog's going crazy in the rain. Doesn't like the Uh-oh. thunder. Uh oh. And, and a few other things going on as well. But the big thing is, um, I'm gonna have to move to another room for you, Jordy. Okay. Uh, the big thing is um, actually the buyout of if they leave the conference for FBS, they get a million dollars. They don't have to pay the million dollar buyout. So that is mm. the deal. Um, yeah. He's where, uh, you know, basically stole, the, stole everybody. But uh, the tournament here is going okay, considering uh, we're in another rain delay today. Yeah. Um, and we only got two of the four games in last night. But uh, if everything goes well, the big game today is uh, McNeese against Southeastern, one and two in the winner's bracket, and that's the night game. So what time at night? I don't know. It'll already be a half hour right. later, but we'll see. All right. That's <laughs> why I'm so glad I played basketball. You play indoors. You know what time you're going to play. You know what time it's going to end for the most part, and boom, it's uh, baseball, softball, God, that weather, uh, crazy. So overall, in, in totality, how do you feel about this McNeese athletic department from leadership to coaches to facilities to players to nil money how do you feel about it well it's completely different than it was two and a half years ago Uh, i said it before and i'll say it again the day after the hurricane laura hit this was the worst athletic program in the country at division one level um Mm -hmm. it had an interim athletic director it had no facilities at the time it didn't have a football coach. Um, it was a mess. Uh, since yeah. then, they've gone crazy. They are, for the first time uh, it, it, since I've been here, they're in the black when it comes to um, finances. Wow. Uh, in fact, they were 300000 over. Um, they, are getting, they are working on an NIL uh, conglomerate themselves. Um, they've made their first $2 million coaching hires ever. Their facilities are all backed up and running and better than ever, except uh, the press box still needs to come together. They have the deal on it. They just haven't had it. They're going to do a naming race with the stadium soon. Um, So it's a completely different professional way of doing it from what used to be what I used to always call kind of a junior, junior college level. Well, Heath Schroyer must be remarkable. I mean, a former basketball coach, but he's really helped transform this department. Yeah, we don't give him a lot of credit out here. but <laughs> No, but unbelievably, he has professionalized the department. He has decided that this is what everybody else does. This is where we want to go. And this is how we're going to get there by doing what everybody else does and committing yeah. – uh, to, to athletics and investing in our athletic department, which was not done here. Um, and it has paid dividends for athletics. 
Do you see enrollment going up because of, you know, you, you, there's a lot of things with, with schools when you're successful, people want to go there. They want to be a part of that. They want to, they want to participate in that. So enrollment goes up and that's the lifeline to any university. Do you see enrollment increasing at McNeese? Not a lot yet, but there's still a lot of cleanup that has to be done on that type. The difference is the athletic department's cleanup has been pretty good because they've gotten funding from private sources to help okay. do it, whereas the other side of campus hasn't fully done that yet, but it is getting there. Enrollment's up a little bit. The problem they had for two or three years here was if you're going to commit four years of your life to a place, you don't really want to be in the rebuild mode. And this yeah. is kind of the first summer where all the FEMA money is kind of checked in. You could see a lot of the rebuilding being done, and the fresh stuff is coming in. So it okay. looks better than it did before the hurricane. And obviously it looked better than if you were looking at the school two years ago to move on or last year. So that's starting to pay off. But uh I think this fall, we'll want to see what the numbers are this fall. They have a lot of applicants this fall. I want to see how much the fall changes because this is the first year where they've really had everything up and running. Yeah. I mean, I know there's uh, where my daughter goes to school in Baton Rouge. There's there's several kids. One of them got a scholarship for uh, to play soccer at McNeese. And uh, there's some other ones going there. So uh, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think that you're going to see a, an increase in that. I think you're going to see an increase in wins uh, across the board, I think you got really good coaches now. I, I think, man, I tell you what, I'm buying stock in McNeese State University. I really am. Well, it, it, is, it is a different vibe, believe me. And it is a lot of it is swear, but a lot of it is the fact that he has gone out and he has committed the investment, yeah. uh, not only in the facilities, but in the coaching staff. So the assistants make more. The trainers make more. And, yeah. and you're seeing better people sign longer longer contracts, and that gives you stability right. to where you recruit and recruit and recruit. Hey, and I know there's some very wealthy, successful McNeese graduates around the country. You just got to go. You got to go shake those bushes, and you got to get yeah. the got to get in their pockets and get their money. And I'll tell you one thing that Will Wade brought with him from LSU. He brought some. Uh, Friends of the program with some money, I think. There's some there's some big boosters uh, for McNeese basketball now that came from Baton Rouge. Oh, I, I know them very well, and uh, that's terrific. Will had quite a following when he was here, um, and he still thought of very, very high. He's going to do a tremendous job. The question is, how long are you going to be able to keep him? That's the question. But, hey, again... Yeah. If you can't keep them, guess what that means? Y'all won a heck of a lot of games, and the program's in a better position than it was before. Yeah, it is, and and that's the we know that's the way McNeese should be. It should yes. be we get good coaches, and when they leave, the program's better, so it's more attractive for the next guy to come in. And then you start yeah. kind of with this. So what if it's two or three years? As long as it's better off than it is, we, right. we didn't have anything before. Believe me. I'm with you. Just don't take Jim Gazzola with you. Leave him there. We need him. We need him. I got no place to go. I got no place to go. <laughs> Jim, you're the best. <laughs> thanks, thanks for an update on the uh, on McNeese. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely on the upward trend, and uh, I don't think anything's going to stop it. And I think they're going to be a powerhouse in that league 
uh, in these next couple of years, and that's going to be terrific and fun for you to cover. So just get the rain out of there so you can go watch softball and get that stuff out the way, all right? All right. All right, Jordy. You're the best. Thank you, Jim. Jim Gazzola, kind yeah. enough to join us from Lake Charles in the midst of rain and uh, delays for the Sun Belt. Uh, I mean, the Southland Conference uh, softball tournament. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to shift to the NFL. I don't know what the big deal is about these um, schedule reveals. Already, some of them are leaked out. You know who you're playing. You just don't know when. But uh, I guess people want to make plans that that want to make travel trips out of town to see their favorite teams play. But Ross Jackson and I will uh, banter about that and other things Saints-related, NFL-related next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We here at the game would love for you to help us out a little bit. You can go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the game, Louisiana, and turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. So go to at the game, Louisiana on YouTube, subscribe. You'll have all kind of fun stuff that you'll see on that. We'll be back. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 37 minutes after the hour on a Thursday, May the 11th. Always fun when we get to talk to to a guy that's locked on the Saints as he's locked on network host who's locked on the Saints. Our good friend Ross Jackson, among the many, many things he does, Ross why are people so excited about these schedule reveals? I mean, really? What What's the big deal? It's it's one of these things, Jody. I've I've always kind of had my own contention with it too. Like, you know, everybody knows the opponents already, but I fault the NFL for this of trying to turn it into another event um, and everything. And so, you know, the NFL has kind of raised the importance around the schedule release and they turned it into kind of this two-day event where the international games get get released on this day and then all the rest of the games right. get released on this day and holiday games are on this day and all this other junk <laughs> and uh and so i fault the nfl for it but i mean the, i guess the only thing you really get here is the context of timing and that's really all that you get here but i mean you look at the saints opponents the schedules the quarterbacks the travel all the things you can already kind of put together the saints have a favorable schedule in 2023 the only thing that's, that's right. exciting now is you get to buy your tickets and book your hotel rooms <laughs> yeah. this is true um i saw where you put out that the saints are going to play 13 of their 17 games indoors i like that yeah, yeah, not too shabby. It's not a bad situation for them. They'll have their eight games at home, and then they have five other games away from home that are all uh, indoors, including, of course, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, uh, and then, of course, uh, Minnesota is in a dome as well. And So the only games that they'll have that are outdoors are two games that they're very familiar with, two stadiums that they're very yeah. familiar with, with uh, 
the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they'll be outdoors for Green Bay, which is which we know now is a week three game, so they avoid the elements there. Good weather, and the last, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the last big question mark that we have in terms of their outdoor games, uh, which even Dennis Allen said just a couple days ago that that's the second thing that they look at is, you know, what's the uh, what's the outdoor games or what are the weather right. games? And so the only one that remains is the Foxborough game and finding out where that lands in their schedule. You know that's going to be late. You know that's going to be cold. It's got to I be. mean, there's no way the Saints get a break like that twice in one schedule no way yeah it would be massive if they did but it doesn't feel likely uh that that's going to end up being end up being the case but you know hey who, who knows I, I guess we'll find out but uh yeah i think that's the last thing that they're looking for dennis allen says the first thing they look at is who's the first opponent uh and yep. then the last and then the next thing that they look for are those weather games so, so far they're they're pretty safe when it comes to the weather games they're one of one when it comes to the big potential uh winter weather ones what are the odds you give the Saints playing a, a divisional opponent in week one? Um, I, I would say probably pretty low at this point. We know the two, we know the two Falcons games are, are week 12 and then closing out the season in week eight. Um, they play Carolina week two, so they won't be playing them week one. And so that just leaves Tampa, but Tampa opens okay. up against the Vikings. And so it's either going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Tennessee Titans. I don't have any problem telling you. I, I've heard it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we don't know for sure until the schedule comes out but uh, or until you know we get further confirmation on that. But uh, outside of that, like I mean, that just leaves those two possibilities. Do they open up on the road, or do you think they open up on the road? Oh, they're, they're definitely going to open up at home um, because since the, those two games um, in – Week two and week three are both on the road. It would be very unlike the NFL to yes. have a team open on a three-game road trip. Um, <laughs> and, you know, everything that we've heard so far seems to seems to at least signify that they're going to be opening up at home, and that game should be either Jacksonville or, or Tennessee. I was thrilled by the news. Not only because, you know, everybody equates professional sports across the board. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, tennis. It's a it's a business bottom line kind of deal. I thought the Foster Moreau signing was just terrific. Terrific. Yeah. What were your thoughts when you saw that deal? And is is it a good deal for both parties? Yeah, I I agree, first of all, just on the the just how nice that story is. It, it is kind of nice after, you know, so many things that we see go on in the world of sports sometimes to just yep. have a good feel-good story for a chance. Yes. Um, you know, and this is a guy that's, you know, born and raised here in here in New Orleans, played football here in Louisiana, college football at LSU. I literally, as, as I stand right now, am down the street from where he played, you know, high school football over at Jesuit High School. And so it's just really nice to sort of see this story that, could have been tragedy, right? I mean, him getting the diagnosis from the New Orleans Saints yes. back in March about the Hodgkin's lymphoma, but then he comes back in April. He finishes that. Um, he finishes that that physical, and then now here, you know, before even the middle of May, he's he's got a three-year, twelve million dollar deal with the team that is his hometown and, and allows him to continue to do things. And and look, what we're being told is that we might see him on the field at OTAs next week, uh, let alone in training camp yeah. or on the field week one. So. 
Um, he's obviously, awesome. you know, progressed very well. He's been cleared to play and, and, and participate. And so I'm sure it'll be a ramp up and a, you know, slow introduction for him, but you know, he should be full go as long as things go as we expect by the time that we get to uh, week one. And, and I do think that it's a good deal for both. He's got a very low cap hit in his 2023 season, $1.8 million. Um, and he gets, you know, long-term security on a three-year deal of which two million or of which two years worth are, are fully guaranteed at this point. So it, it's a great deal for both the Saints and for Boston Moreau and, of course, addresses one of their biggest remaining needs on their roster. It's a great, great story. I'm thrilled by it. And I think he's a great – I know the kid. I mean, he's a great He's a great kid. He's going to be great in the locker room. He, he's, he's got Saints written all over him. Yeah. And the familiarity with Derek Carr, I mean, that, that adds to the flavor a mm-hmm. little bit. That's terrific. We're with uh, Ross Jackson here. I've been asking people this. I'm going to ask you because I really, really, really value your opinion. Uh, you see who the Saints have drafted, okay? The question's a two-parter. Part one, from the Saints' perspective of what you expect, what you would like to see for the Saints to become a better team, who do you hope, hope of the draft picks has the most significant impact in year one. And part two is who do you really believe will have? So in other words, hope means, oh boy, that's Mm -hmm. a position of need, man. They really need that. But who do you really think is going to, because of maybe a suspension here or an injury there has a chance to play more and will make more of an impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the player that you hope has the most impact is Brian Brzee. I mean, this is a team that lost its almost the entirety of its defensive interior over the course of this offseason. And, of course, that's a first-round selection that they invested there, so you always want that first-round pick um, to pan out. So I think he's the one that you hope very much will have the biggest impact in 2023. I honestly think the guy that's going to have the biggest impact, though, or that will probably have the biggest impact might be Isaiah Foskey. Um, the the defensive end that they drafted out of Notre Dame in the second round. You look at Cam Jordan, and then behind him, the Saints just have a load of question marks in terms of their their defensive ends and their edge rushers, or rather edge defenders more appropriately for this defensive scheme. And so, you know, Carl Granderson had a great season last year and really started, I mean, he started to push Marcus Davenport for starts, for snaps, everything by the time the year was done. Um, Tono Passanio is a fantastic, you know, veteran player with a lot of versatility. And then, you know, uh, Peyton Turner is still a big question mark at the moment until, you know, the Saints are able to keep him healthy and and, and figure out, you know, get the time to figure out who he is. And so I think Isaiah Foskey is somebody that's going to see a lot of opportunity early, 26 and a half sacks, which is the career lead for any player ever at Notre Dame. You pair that up across from the guy in Cam Jordan, who's got the, you know, who's the career leader in sacks for his organization presently. And it feels like a really good, not only like passing of the torch moment over the course of the next couple of years, but uh, I mean, the two of them partnering up should have a pretty big impact. So I I put Isaiah Foskey up there as a guy that I I think can have a pretty massive impact pretty early and pretty quickly in 2023. Look, I agree with you on the latter. I I hope that Foskey has the biggest impact because I want to, I want to affect a quarterback and especially yeah. in that division that we're in, that the Saints are in, um, with a rookie starting quarterback for um, Carolina, Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, I I want to affect that quarterback, and it makes my secondary a lot easier. 
I'll I'll mm-hmm. figure out a way to stop the run. I, I got Demario Davis. He's gonna clog up the. I hope the edge rusher is the guy. And I and I keep thinking that maybe the steal of this thing. I really like Kendra Miller. I, I, something about the mm-hmm. guy, the way he runs, the way I, I think he's going to be a heck of a football player for the Saints. Yeah, I think so too. And the thing that I love most about Kendra Miller is something he doesn't really have control over. It's not even a part of his game. It's just simply the fact that he's only 20 years old. He was one of the youngest players in the draft. Wow. And so, you know, you think about, okay, uh, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, both going into this year are going to be 29 years old. Let's say, you know, four years down the road when we're talking about 33-year-old running backs in both of those guys, we're talking about a 24-year-old running back in, in, uh, in Kendra Miller at this time. And so, or at that time, and I, I think that's one of the biggest pieces in terms of why it is that the Kendra Miller selection was such a smart selection by New Orleans because they get a guy who's explosive, they get a guy who's got breakaway speed, who can run in between the tackles, he can run zone, he can run man, and he's somebody that can get the perimeter for you and catch the ball. And you add all of that up into a guy that has massive amounts of confidence, which you kind of have to have, especially at that position, uh, that has a, a relatively clean injury history. Yes, he has an, M, M, an MCL sprain uh, from last year, but I, I might sprain an MCL taking the trash out later. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so I, I look at that and I say, you know, you, you lump all of that together, and then you've got a guy that can develop over the course of the next couple of years and not even hit 25 yet. It's pretty remarkable wow. uh, what the Saints were able that to is- do with that selection. That is remarkable. One last one, and I'll let you get out of here. What what is the goal uh, in the Saints and drafting Jack Hayner? What what do you what what do you think the Saints hope is the best case scenario for him? Yeah, I, look, I, I think you know Hayner's one of those guys that comes in and he gets the opportunity to be one of those quintessential New Orleans Saints backup quarterbacks. You think back to Mark Brunel, to Chase Daniel, to Luke McCown, to Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Brees always had some really good and smart you know, partner over on the sideline that he got to okay. run off the field to and, and look at the, you know, look at the screenshots and look at the, you know, the screen captures of the game and, and be able to break all of it down and sort of see the same thing that Drew was seeing um, in that environment. And I think that that's something that you then now equip Derek Carr with, with a guy like Jake Hayner moving forward. I just, look, Jameis Winston's the backup quarterback here in 2023, right. but he's on a one-year deal now after they, they reworked his deal. And so, Jake Hayner is a guy that's now set up to kind of be that guy for Derek Carr. And there's some synergy there. Derek Carr is his mentor. Um, they are both very familiar with the New Orleans Saints offense. Jake Hayner is very familiar with the New Orleans Saints offense. Drew Brees is his favorite quarterback coming up. He studied Drew Brees all during his time at Fresno State, which, by the way, was the same college that Derek Carr went to. Um, right. You know, He speaks the same language as the New Orleans Saints offense. He understands that West Coast slash Air Coryell blend of what it is that the New Orleans Saints do. And he has the same shorthand and communication style as a guy like Derek Carr. So you give Derek Carr a backup that he's already familiar with, even though the guy's never played a snap in the NFL, and that's a good spot for Derek Carr to be in. And it's a great spot for Jake Hayner as well. Uh, there's a chance that Jake Hayner finishes out his career and never sees a snap as a starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, but I don't think that that means that there's anything wrong with that selection. Right. The Saints, first of all, show you with that pick that they're building their offense with a bunch of guys. You think about Foster Moreau, Brian Edwards, these guys that Derek Carr is all familiar with. They're building an offense that Derek Carr is going to be able to have a bunch of people who speak the same language in the transition from Las Vegas to New Orleans. And that's a really valuable asset for Derek Carr and his sort of transition into uh, into New Orleans. No offense, but I hope he's better than Trevor Simeon, just in case. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just in case, just in case you never know. And look, just, I mean, look, Jake Hayner is an incredibly talented quarterback too. I mean, yes. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slap a starter sticker on him or anything like that. We have to keep in mind that he's five foot eleven and 
guys at that position that are below six foot generally don't pan out. There are very few examples of them doing so. And there's a lot more examples of them not. So I don't want to slap a sticker on him or, or or anything that's going to make him, you know, make it sound like the expectations on him should be high, which then would then turn into a potential disappointment later. But look, he's a super smart quarterback. He understands how to change his arm angles to be able to compensate for his size. He understands how to move laterally to find the throwing windows and lanes that he needs. There's a lot of stuff that he does. that's extremely, um, impressive um and so you know look if he's somebody that you have to turn to in a year or two after you know time in the system that's not the worst case scenario uh and it's certainly better than maybe what some of the what some of the same seasons here of of recent have had to fall back on uh in you know beyond the starting quarterback ross jackson you're the best uh go return that um Learn German language for dummies back to the library since the Saints aren't going to Frankfurt. You don't have to learn the language. Always great talking to you, man. Thank you. Always. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. Take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints. Back to wrap it all up next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device. It helps you lose unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Ladder, you can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right. uh, Special thanks to our guest, Matthew Bruni, with um, LSU Sports. Chris Dotson on the Pels and the NBA. Billy Embody, the very latest in recruiting. Jim Gazzolo. Everything concerning McNeese State Athletics and Ross Jackson Saints NFL stuff. If today, May the 11th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with two Heisman Trophy winners. He won it back in 2004 for the USC Trojans. Happy 40th birthday to Matt Leinert. And he won it back in 2000. I can still see him. 2010. I can still see him running through LSU. Just running through him. Um, he's only 34 years old. Tam Newton celebrating a birthday today. Is he gonna somebody gonna pick him up? Is he gonna ever play in the league again? He's just 34. Tom Brady's playing at four and played till 40. Drew Brees. I mean, he's got four or five years, but I don't think anybody's gonna pick him. Anyway, happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to you. Tomorrow, Friday, regular crowd shuffles in. James Mesh, thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you do. Thank you, partners. Couldn't do it without you. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh next. 
So long, everybody.